Welcome to the Honest Business Podcast. This is the show for ambitious, value-driven business owners who are actively building a business that works for them. Hi, I'm Mae James, and I'm here to make scaling your business easier and more rewarding than ever. Each week, we will dive into simple, sustainable strategy and pragmatic leadership discussion to support you as you take imperfect action on your entrepreneurial journey. If you want to stay ahead, exceed your growth goals, and have a purposeful, thriving business, then keep on listening. Hello and welcome back to the Honest Business Podcast. This is part two of a Q&A because it got quite long so I thought let's just chop it into two because why not? I know you guys are busy and you potentially don't want to sit and listen for hours and hours so let's chop it into two. There are five more questions that I'm going to be answering. We are going to cover things such as from relationships to receive how to receive inbound leads to what the hardest part of my job is. There's some really like interesting, yeah, there's some cool bits in this. Um, So I hope you kind of stay tuned and and listen in and we will dive straight in. So number six, I'm going to say number six because the episode previous was 10 questions. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the first few if you want to, or just get going from here. Number six is tips for managing a relationship whilst running a business. Well, I have a whole podcast episode on this, so go back and listen to podcast episode number eight. I think it's number eight. Go back and listen to that, because I really go in depth about this. But the person who asked this, I think, somewhat knows me, and I think they were meaning, like, they know that uh, me and my partner have a really great relationship together. We've been together for nearly nine years at recording this, so I'm a few days off nine years. (laughs) But it's been a long time, it's been a long haul. We live together, we love each other very much. I have a fantastic relationship and it's one that I'm extremely grateful for and, and love deeply. But I think, you know, it isn't easy running a business and for many people they struggle. Often people can have a corporate career, two people have a corporate career maybe and then one person goes freelance full time or maybe they go self-employed or they start a business or they're an entrepreneur and they get funding. Whatever your situation is, that can be really hard on relationships. What I would essentially say is go and listen to the episode, but also it comes down to communication. 100% of the time, communication. In all aspects, just you've got to talk to each other. Communication, creating a life plan together is really important. And what I mean by that is it doesn't have to be this like planned out thing of I'm doing this at this age and we're doing this and we're doing that and all this. That's not what I mean. What I mean is you have to create a life plan and a life goal set for each other as a unit together, as a family, whatever you want to call it, as a team. We like, I think we like the word team. Like we're very much a team. If what are we both going for? Because that's really key. And we're not married, but you know, we live together and I don't know, it's not that much different to, to being married. And we very much, you know, have really open conversations of like, what do you want from life? What do you want to be doing in 30 years time? Where do you want to be? Like, do you want to have kids? Do you not? Do you want to get married? Do you not? Like having these really deep conversations on a somewhat regular basis is really key in my opinion, because it keeps everyone like checked in. It keeps the pair of us just like ticking over and it's like, yeah, we're all good. Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. Like anyone, you know, brought up something different? No. And that kind of openness just breeds like a sense of calmness and it breeds a sense of like happiness like I just think it the more clear you can be in all areas of your life the better the relationships are with the people who are in them and so yeah that's what we do we just talk a lot we give a lot and take a lot from each other I think that's another key thing right don't be afraid to take from the other person and then also give 
And I think that's what we do really well is we both push and pull. We like give a bit, we take a bit, we give a bit. Like and and that's not necessarily transactionally on a daily basis, but I just mean over a long period of time. There's times when one of us needs each other more than the other or someone needs this thing and the other one can do it. Like lean into your strengths, lean into what one person enjoys and what the other one doesn't. Lean into how someone works best and how the other one doesn't. Who needs to sleep, who doesn't. Like it is about teamwork and I really think if you study teams and how teams thrive you can learn a lot about relationships and how to you know thrive in a relationship I'm not saying we have the best relationship in the world I'm saying I'm some sort of relationship guru or anything but I really value the relationship we do have and the time we have and I'm also aware that it's intentional you know it's not intentional in the sense of like we don't sit down and have a meeting and we're like right we're doing this but it's more so just we're prepared to be open and vulnerable with each other to the point where it works. So yeah, but go and listen to the episode because I went into a lot more detail there. Number seven, what would you say to someone who's making 40k per month in revenue? That was all the question said, but I think it means like, what would you, well, what would you say to someone making 40k in revenue per month? Like, you know, what are the next steps? So I work with a lot of people who are at the six and multi six figure growing to seven figures or growing to eight figures, like wherever they want to get to mark. So this is like my territory where I feel really good, where I love working with people. It's a space that people want to help people with, but they're not really able to. And I feel really grateful of, of being able to be equipped in such a way to support people at this stage. So what I would say is you this is gonna come across like I'm just trying to like flog me but that's fine whatever it's my own podcast at the 40 grand a month mark I really think you need to have someone who will question you a lot because at that point your head can be turned in so many ways like loads of people at that point have got money for the first time in their lives or they're taking a decent chunk of money out of their business for once because you know let's face it people can be making 10 grand a month 20 grand a month you might not be taking anything out of your business or you might be taking a little bit or you might be pouring it all back in or you might you know it's not I think people have this like desire and this like bizarre mentality that you're gonna have loads of money like a lot of the time you don't but at 40 grand a month often you can do and you start to enjoy that from a lifestyle perspective now that's great and I love that But what that also brings is a lot of opportunities that are like not related to the business plan or the growth of the business, like speaking opportunities or this thing or that thing or events or join this mastermind or do this thing or, you know, become this person or be um, an ambassador for this organization and jump on this project and do you want to invest in this thing? And and all of a sudden you become the property person, the this person, that person, and it just gets diluted, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. You need to diversify your assets. You need to do things like that. that, that that's really productive. But what I mean is you need someone who will question you and isn't afraid to ask some really deep, difficult questions and have like, I'm not saying have an argument, but I'm saying like, have a heat discussion about things or tell you like, hey, you know, is your mind in the game here? Is your mind there? Is it, where, where, where's the, where's the focus? And really help stabilize you and like keep you pulled back down to where you're going. Now, aside from that, the other thing I think is really important is that you constantly are planning forward and ahead. And this is something that really gets lost because Often when you get to six figures, a lot of people will then say, right, I think I get this. Like I need to, I've done this and that's great, but I need to maintain this and I want to grow. So then they do often, you know, 
hire someone like me to help them and they will get some support and they will plan and they will get some kind of strategy moving. Then what happens is they then get massively busy and often you're still trying to work out team and logistics and timings and how much you know you outsource and how much you don't and are you still delivering and things. At that point, the planning can often, the timeline of that get very, very short. And so that's when people start getting stuck at 40 grand a month, 50 grand a month, 60 grand a month, because there's this like funny period where everyone starts dancing around the numbers and starts kind of settling and integrating and doing things. And can I just say, that's totally fine if that's the point of the business. Like everything I talk about on here is all nuanced. It's all about what do you want? So please do not sit and listen to this and think, God, she's now saying I need to have this size business. Like if you want to make 30 grand a year in your business, do it. If you want to make five grand a year in your business, do it. It is all relevant. No one's better than another. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't define your human worth on this planet as a human being, as a friend, as a family member, anything, right? So I just use these numbers because I'm aware that there's people who really are shooting for a lot of money. And that's great because I need more women. Like the world needs more women making a shit ton of money. I want to help women make a hell of a lot of money and take money home. So if you are sat here listening, you do want the seven-figure business, the eight-figure business, whatever you want to do, great. Love that for you. Let's make it happen. And if you're listening to this and don't align with that, that's totally fine as well. But at the 40 grand a month, you often stop planning in a way that is strategic. You just plan based on activity, on output, on team KPIs, on what does the team need to do. And that doesn't work. It doesn't cut it. I need you to think way further ahead than that in a much more strategic high level visionary way and that's hard to do in yourself in your office on your day-to-day it's not the easiest so often you're gonna need someone like me to help you do that and if you are at this exact position and this really resonates with you come and have a conversation with me honestly 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 don't put it off come and have a conversation and let's see what we can do the other thing normally at the 40k month I also think is people need to like 10x the goal a bit like they really need to like get the goal a bit bigger because what happens is when people start a business they have these huge massive goals then they have a bit of success and then the goal shrinks a bit then they get to the 40k and then they get a bit lost and they're like what do I actually want then you might have a clear vision and you're like right I want to get to like I don't know let's say two million a year in revenue but then the two million a year in revenue the actual things they start planning the business doesn't make sense like it just doesn't match up And so it's never going to work. Or they do manage to get a plan. So they get to 2 million. But then we get to a point where, right, we're at 2 mil. How are we then going to get to the 10 mil in 12 months? And so the 10 million in 12 months then becomes this like hodgepodge match together of all sorts of different things instead of a really clear strategic plan. So if you're at the 40k month, the reason I say it's good to plan further ahead is because even if you don't follow it, if you have a then three year slash five year runway and goal to look at and to see and kind of strategy and a brief plan overview of what's going to happen, it then helps you when you do get to the two million a year point and you're actually thinking, right, what do we do next? You can refer back to the plan. Most people will not then follow the plan, but that's not the point of making the plan. And I think this is the bit that everyone forgets and people get really strange about and just think I'm talking a bit mad. You know, the point of the plan is not that you follow the plan, especially if you're going to create something for like five years time. But it's about having an understanding, it's about having perspective, it's about having outlook. And 
at the 40 grand a month mark that's really really key and it really comes into like its own so getting bigger on the goals that support the vision and then just thinking bigger in general because I find a lot of people like remember the 40k a month it's like you're on you're like teetering right you're teetering around things going one way or another and then you have to decide how big you want to go and often you've got to get much bigger to then go smaller that's another thing I think is misunderstood like it's okay if you are at 40k get to 100 grand a month and then actually decide I don't even want a 100 grand a month business and I want to go back that's fine but often people have to go there in order to actually come back and then feel really like settled in their decision so those would be my thoughts and I get they're quite like big players but that's where you're at you know 40k a month you're nearly at the half a million year mark. You've got to get, you've got to get clear on where you're going. You've got to understand it, and you've got to be really consistent in that. It's not a once a year job. It's not a once a quarter job. It's a consistent check in and a consistent reflection on where you're going and what's going on. Number eight is where do you feel like you are the most misunderstood? That's an interesting question. Where do you feel like you are most misunderstood? Hmm. Right. There's a whole, there's an episode on being misunderstood in business. It's really worth a listen. I think it's a good episode. It's, it was one of the ones we launched with. So it's right back at the start, probably in the first four episodes, maybe. If you want to go and listen to that. Where do I feel most misunderstood? I mean, I, I get misunderstood all the time. You probably do as well. It's a part of business. I think people have to just get over it and just accept that it is what it is. People will interpret what you say in one way and you actually mean it in another. You can't spend your life justifying things and proving things I don't think it's worth it I think you just got to roll with it but what do I feel I misunderstood in general actually to be honest this is the answer this is the nail on the head this is the one I'm just a missing oh how do I say it no (laughs) I can't get the words out dyslexia I'm struggling today I don't know if you can tell sometimes when I'm tired and I've had a, a quite a long week I'm not asking for sympathy here by the way but I just sort of share with you my chronic illness, speech can get a bit difficult for me when I'm really tired and I've had a really long week. It's been a really great week, but it's been a draining one, um, both, you know, just personally as well as, as professionally. And so I struggle with words and I get really, and I, I recorded this in the morning thinking that it would help, but my words are struggling and then I'm severely dyslexic. So sometimes I can struggle, but thank you for listening anyway and for bearing with me as I struggle through my neurodivergence and all the other things that seem to be um, cognitively challenging me today. Right, what am I trying to say? Most misunderstood. Yes, that was it. I am underestimated. That was the word I couldn't find. (laughs) So I am massively underestimated. And that's kind of because of my own doing, right? Because I choose to be quite low key in the online business world, in the world of just like, I don't know. I'm just one of those brands. I'm kind of like, and people will be like, oh, you're just so talking up your own art here, but that's fine. I don't mind. We've got to like, we've got to shout for ourselves. I'm kind of like the goyard of the luxury accessories market. If you know, you know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm just like the hidden secret sort of thing. And I know people use that terminology when they're saying to people like, get out of being that. But 
I just kind of thrive there and I just kind of choose to be there. Now, don't get me wrong. Do we want to increase visibility? Yes. Do I want to find more people and access more people and more people need to know about me? 100%. Am I happy for, you know, loads more people to listen to this podcast and thousands and thousands of people more listening to it? Yeah, 100%. Because more people need to hear my message. But I think for me, I'm misunderstood and I'm underestimated in my ability and what I can do for businesses but I kind of like it a bit because like it means like when people find me they they just I don't know they're just really happy about it and they're like oh my goodness I didn't know this existed or this is the best thing ever or they really love it and you know the feedback's really cool do I lose a lot of clients because of that yes 100% do I you know is my revenue a lot lower because of that 1 million percent because so many people you wouldn't take a chance, right? You wouldn't bet on it. And so people want the sexy, shiny, all this other stuff. But I quite like the low-key thing and being like a hidden secret. And yeah, I just think I find it funny because (laughs) I just find it funny because like sometimes people will underestimate me and I'm having a conversation with someone and I can tell that they just don't understand the like level that of support and the level of business acumen and expertise that I operate on and then therefore I'm stood there and it, I don't know I just find it really like funny <laughs> I'm just like I just laugh because I'm like okay yeah like this I don't know it's just funny um some of you might be something think this just does not sound funny but I don't know I just find it a bit like okay whatever people are people right Like, unless, this is a lesson for you, right? Because you don't all have to be like me. If you want to be the it person, the it girl, the it business, you just got to go and act like it. You just got to go and be that person because you will become it. The people who are that in your industry and space, like, that's what they did. They decided that. And I think that's what you have to remember. Like, each of us can decide to be that if we want to. I just decided not to be. I'm kind of like, I just like to think of myself as like the really shit hot amazing person that I don't know is like not everyone knows about and that's fine like it is what it is I love a restaurant you not ever like finding a restaurant where like not everyone knows about and it's not some like well thought out thing like for example like if I was gonna go to London you know I quite like going to the Ivy and eating and it's a rest for those of you who are around the world. There's a, a restaurant called the Ivy. It's it's actually like a chain of groups now. And it's a really nice restaurant and it's quite expensive, but it's not like, it's not horrifically expensive, but it is, you know, it's not cheap and it's quite nice. And, you know, that's nice. It works. It's lovely. I enjoy going there. I still I do go with the Ivy. Like I'm not against it. It's nice, but it's very much just out there, right? Isn't it? It's a known quantity. Whereas there's some places that I like to go in London that are really amazing, really beautiful, fabulous places, like restaurants that aren't the it thing, that aren't the thing that everyone knows and talks about. And those for me are like so much more exciting and so much more interesting and so much more like, ah, yes, I love this. I love this. It it brings so much more to my life. That's essentially me, I think, in my business. It's like the being out there and being like the it thing is great it works it makes money it makes a hell of a lot of money but I kind of want to be that fun thing I want to be the brand where it's like exciting to work together and to uncover things and like to to just see what's possible you know 
I don't know, some of you might laugh at that analogy and be like, that just does not make sense to me. But I, I really like the idea of it, but it does mean I'm misunderstood. It does mean that plenty of clients pass me by who should really work with me and would get so much out of it, but they don't. I suppose it's that whole thing of don't judge a book by its cover, isn't it? It's that kind of thought process. And it's also why, you know, referrals work so well for me because so many of clients will just root and rave for me and be like, you need to go and see May or someone will come and they'll have a conversation with someone. They're like, oh my God, you need to go and work with May James. And they're like, really? Who, who's that? Or I'm not very well known. And that's, as I said, that does need to get better because like people do need to know who I am. But I'm also not like on a mission to become this mega well-known person because that doesn't really light me up. It doesn't really light my fire. And with that comes a lot of like, just people who just don't get it. And for me, I'm all about creating a space where people get it. Like if you listen to this podcast, you still listen to this episode, you probably get it. You get me, you get the vibe, you get the brand, you get everything that I stand for. I just want a group of people who get it. And I don't care if that's three people, 50 people, 100 people, 100,000, a million people. Like maybe there is a million. I'm sure there are a million people who totally get it. And 100%, not 99%, like 100% are on the vibe. And that's great. If we get there and we find that, then lovely. But that's definitely not on my business goals. It's not on my agenda. It's not on my strategy. It just is nowhere near. It's just about, okay, if that's a side effect and a byproduct of what we do, then whatever. So yeah, that's how, that's what I'm, I feel like I'm most misunderstood of just being underestimated. People just don't understand the power of what I do for people and what I can do for you and what I can do for your business. Number nine is... What is the hardest part of your job? And this is a question that I did actually see before and I had to think about and I was like, hmm, (laughs) hardest part of your job. And do you know what was really strange? I actually didn't have an answer at first because I was like, do you know what? I absolutely love what I do. And so I don't really find it that hard, even though building businesses is really hard. But in terms of like my actual work, it doesn't really feel that hard. So that was something that I thought, but then I thought about it and actually came up, which you might be like, oh God, here we go, (laughs) with a load of answers for. (laughs) So I'm going to list for you some of the ones and I can see if I can remember them. But, you know, some of the, the things that I did think about that are the hardest parts of my job, because I don't believe, you know, that saying where it's like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't believe that. I really don't. Like business is hard. Even if you absolutely love to the core of you what you do like I do, it's still bloody hard. It's still work. It's still tiring. It's still exhausting. And that's okay. I don't think we should be aiming for something that doesn't feel like work. Great if you do believe that. Like, go for it. Fine. But I don't. So, in a personal situation, but more like when I'm talking about the hardest part of my job, if you want to know about me as an individual, the hardest part of what I do is staying consistent in energy management. Like energy management is the hardest part for me. Now, yes, it's really difficult because I have a chronic illness, which means that my energy management in my life anyway is completely, that takes over my life. Like that literally runs my life full stop. But even if I didn't have that, so putting that aside, it would still be staying consistent in energy management because what I do is like so pouring into people, listening so intently, being so present constantly flicking between like multiple different businesses because it's almost like I'm like a key strategic player in like 
loads of different businesses, that takes a hell of a lot of energy. It's hard to manage it. It's hard to keep it going, you know, and I've learned over the years how to do it. And that's really great. And it's always something I'm tweaking and trying and changing. That's why my pricing is the way it is because I can only have a certain amount of people. It's why I'm really picky about who I work with. It's why I'm picky about how long people work with me for. It's why I'm really picky about what types of businesses I work with. Like there is a lot I have done to manage it. And I will not get on a call if my, my energy's not on point because it's not fair for people. And I've got a real strong policy around that. And it's something that I do exercise if I have to. I very rarely have to, but if I do, then I exercise it because people are paying money for a certain thing and I come and show my A game. But if I know that I haven't got the A game in me and I can't do it, then it just isn't going to happen because that's not how I work. Like this business is built on amazing service and amazing results and and that's just how I choose to run the business so for me personally that would be what it is it's about like being consistent energy managing it making the whole thing quite seamless and really easy however from a client side so I thought of this in three pieces I've got from me which I've just explained to you I've then got from a client side what's the hardest bit of my job and then I've also got a more businessy related like people one so For the client-wise, the hardest part of my job is seeing people struggle. And I don't mean that in sense of like struggling with the business, even just seeing people struggle with life because, you know, I understand the depth and the shitness that life can bring and no one's immune to it. So often during our work, there's people experiencing really horrific life events and thankfully I'm there to help support them and we can change strategy, we can do so much to help them. But that's really hard, just seeing people you end up really loving and struggle. Because, you know, I work with people really intensely and deeply that often these people become really close and that can be really sad. So that's kind of hard. And then also the other thing that's one of the hardest things is just not being able to physically do things for them. And, you know, I've introduced a lot of things into the business to allow that in the sense of more practical things of creating assets in businesses and creating resources and practical things that they can physically use and templates and all these other things to help implementation be easier but ultimately regardless of what we decide together they have to at some point pull their finger out and go and do it themselves and go and like step into that leader they're becoming or step into the person they want to be and I just can't do that I have to you know I have to pull back at that point and let them do it themselves and so I think that is for me one of the hardest things very few of my clients don't take action purely based on how picky I am with who I work with. However, you know, there's always times in people's lives where they can't implement or they can't action or it's just hard. And 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 that's something you have to detach from and you learn as you build your craft and your practice and your expertise about how to manage that for yourself. The final kind of thing that cropped up when I was contemplating this question about what is the hardest part of your job And I actually think this might be like the biggest one. I think the energy is a really big one, but this could be it. Is the hardest bit is seeing people just not invest in the business and not work with me. It really like, it gets to me so much because I refuse to convince people to work with me. People either want to work with me or they don't. They either are like all in or they're not working. Like I'm not having anyone who's like, oh, I'm not interested. Like I'm not sure. If it's a not sure, then it's like a no. Cause I'm just like, for me, I show up with so much intention, so much energy, so much like love. I've got to be met with an attitude where they're like, yeah, I'm fully bought in. 
So what that then means is there's just so many people who just don't come into my world and are just sat on the sidelines or they listen to the podcast or they, you know, they're still consuming stuff and that's fine. Like it's made for a reason. So I'm not saying everyone has to become a client, but I just mean like, I just think about it and I'm like, oh my goodness, like if you just done that, then like by now we would have been next thing. Or it's like when someone comes to me and then they don't work with me, but then they work with me two years down the line and I'm like, okay, like that's fine. But like, why didn't we do this sooner? And I know that, you know, that's not my, there's so much we could do around sales content and sales strategy around getting people to basically reducing that timeline and getting people to buy. But I just can't be bothered. I don't want to do that. It doesn't feel ethically right to me, especially right now. Like it's just not something that I really play into. But I find that really hard because what often happens is then people go and spend money with someone who's cheaper or who will work with them for less time or whatever. And then they kind of still don't, I kind of have this vision that I'm like, yeah, that didn't, that didn't work out. (laughs) And I just, there's so many people that that applies to that I just can't think about because like, it would just get depressing of how many people we could help that we don't. But that is the one thing I find hard. I'm like, just fucking say yes, go all in, trust yourself and let's go. Like, it's that simple, but that is also that hard. Like, people really struggle with that. And I understand, right? Because often it's like, you're betting on yourself, which is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. And people just can't do it. So I I understand it, but it's also really like, (laughs) it's just really infuriating. And there's so many people's businesses that I love to help and support and get my hands on and just be like, like, I have ideas for, right? And I think this is the other thing, like, when you are so obsessed with what you do, like I am, I literally have idea for people's businesses who follow me, who talk to me, who I know, who are acquaintances, who some would say are competitors, where I'm just like, I have all these ideas and I just don't ever share them. I don't ever, you know, end the day they do turn around, then I've got this whole bank of things and that's great. But it's a very strange <laughs> situation. <laughs> it's very funny because like, it's just a lot of people. There's a lot of people who just don't ever work with me. And I'm like, like, why not? You should have just done that. Cause then this would have happened and that could have happened. And yeah. And the worst of that, do you know what the worst is? The worst of it is when, when like a year later they close their business or six months time, they like bring something out. And I'm just like, oh, this just doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Like, or yeah, it's just hard. I'm being really brutal and open today, aren't I? Very honest, very open. (laughs) Hopefully you like this and I won't regret it, but I'm just speaking from the heart and what is true to me. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I really, that is, I think that is the hardest thing, you know, just seeing people not say yes to working together and then seeing what that means for them. And it's just really a bit crap because you're like, oh, that didn't have to be the case, but hey ho. And finally, the last question, which is number 10, is about tips for receiving inbound leads. Now, I really like this. It's just a talking point. And I want to answer, so that was tips for receiving inbound leads. But I also want to just change that to tips for receiving quality inbound leads, because I think quality is such a key thing. You can get inbound leads, but, you know, not I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but you can get them in quite a decent volume, but whether or not they're quality, that's the big problem. Now, this is a whole podcast episode in itself, 
But here's my initial thought, and this is what I would say. First of all, high-quality inbound leads takes a bit of time. The high-quality bit, in my opinion. You've also got to have a really clear message, a really strong brand positioning. You've got to have such a just like crystal clear offer with an understanding of what the hell they get out of it, which most people don't. They can't tell me. They can't tell me how much it is. They Like that in itself is just a no-go. So you've got to have a really clear offer. The brand has to be clear in what the point of it is. So beyond the service you offer, I think it needs to just be like really clear of what do you actually want things to be. Because people reach out and, you know, when we say inbound leads, a lot of that's going to come from someone physically clicking a button, saying they want to speak to you, joining a funnel, joining a webinar, like whatever, you know, they physically have to do something themselves. That requires emotional activation. Emotional activation comes from clarity. It comes from decisiveness. It comes from visual and verbal understanding of what is going on. So the visual and verbal part comes from this real clarity and kind of like certainty in their head of who you are, what you do, why you do it. But it goes deeper than that. It's about like, what does them actually take an action on something mean for you, the business? And this is where we get really deep and it's kind of, I don't want to get too far into it because you can get kind of go around in circles in a funny loop here. But it's about like, what does it mean for the business? And I, this is why I bang on so much about clarity. Because you've got to have clarity in this. If you don't have clarity, then your potential customer shoe is held on. And most founders don't have clarity. They don't have a fucking clue what's going on. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what the direction is. They don't even know what they want to do. And I'm not saying that to bash anyone. I'm not saying that that's, you're a bad person. Like That's normal to not know. But it's also why you're not receiving loads of inbound leads. The other thing is to say is if you change your business all the time, that's just a no-go as well. I think people really struggle with that. However, getting really high-quality inbound leads doesn't have to take ages. TikTok's a great example. You can get really decent leads off TikTok in a relatively short space of time. Why is that? Human connection. Human connection is so important, but again, it's about clarity of message. People who do good on TikTok is because they're pushing one narrative and they're pushing a narrative that makes sense to people. And they're pushing a narrative that emotionally activates people. And that is in such a way that people just see it as like, yeah, that's the person for me. That's the person that's going to solve X thing. The other thing I would say is like tips for receiving inbound leads. It's got to be desire orientated. Problems are great. And, you know, most people do have a problem. But I don't think if you do it from a problem awareness situation you tend to end up getting people who are just confused and a bit like wishy-washy and just a bit overwhelmed with the whole problem you've just explained to them if you can activate from a desire mentality of like what are they what are they seeking what do they need what do they want they tend to act way faster think about it like how many people will go and actually reach out to get a divorce for you know get a solicitor for their divorce Versus how many people will put the lottery on. Now I know you're going to think that's a really weird metaphor. But like the reason people will put the lottery on is because there's a desire there. There's a what if. Whereas, you know, the alternative is pretty negative. It's pretty boring. 
and two, you know, the same person can be deeply unhappy, the solution might be to get a divorce. But the actual action they take is not necessarily the thing that they know they need. And I think that's so true for when we look at inbound lead generation and how do we do that on mass and on volume? You have to start looking at, okay, is desire outweighing problem? Problem awareness is still really key because obviously if they don't even know they have a problem, then it doesn't matter how much desire you give them, it's not going to work. But I think it's really key to think about problem awareness is not enough anymore. It isn't the thing that's going to push people to buy and it's certainly not the thing that's going to really keep people in a position who are like eager to buy. You can get people who are very problem aware who do take action but I would say it's 25% of buyer types versus 100%. So you're then always going to lose some along the way. But in terms of receiving inbound leads the other thing I think is really clear is just being really active. You've got to be around, you've got to be visible whatever that means to you you know I'm not saying that means you have to be on social media every day but I mean where are you visible and how do people find you the good old thing of SEO and Google is really important for this you know inbound lead generation depending on your business a lot of the time comes from Google comes from being really really present there and also having a website that's up to date that has loads of information that gives people a clear understanding of how to work together like that's really important and it's something that's overlooked a lot of the time because part of your lead generation strategy is about how do you actually get leads in the first place as in how do you get eyes on the business before you even classify a lead because you've got to define what a lead is and at what point did they become a lead but you know a huge amount of lead generation is actually the first bit of getting people to see you in the first place that is one thing but the other thing that needs to really be there is that when they do find it do they convert Do they say, right, I know this person can help me. This is the one for me. I'm going to take the next step. Is it easy on the website for them to then say, hey, I'm interested or hey, I want to talk to you. That's the that's the bit where you have to work it out, because I don't think a lot of the time it is that simple. And I don't think a lot of the time it makes it easy for people because, you know, I've seen plenty of people where they have a lot of traffic, but they don't have a lot of conversion in the sense of conversion, just even being that they put their hand up and say, hey, I'm a lead, I want to be sold to. That in itself is a conversion, whether or not it's a financial conversion. But often that's very low. And so if it's very low, then you've got to start thinking about why is it low. So that's my thoughts around inbound leads. If you like, if you want more inbound leads, maybe let's, we could chat about that and and do an episode on it because it is a really important topic. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and the episode previous if you haven't listened to the full 10 questions if you do have any questions that you'd like me to answer in another one of these episodes maybe in a month or two or next year sometime please send them to you can email them support at mayjames.com and just put podcast question in the title in the subject line sorry or you can send me a dm on instagram or anywhere else that you you kind of follow us on social and the team will make sure that it gets added to the podcast list because no doubt we can do another Q&A and I, I like doing these. So yeah, I'll speak to you soon. I hope you're well. I hope you are having a fantastic week, day, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. And yeah, please remember, like things will get better. Business is really good. You're amazing. You're much more amazing than you probably think you are. And you are capable of achieving everything you set yourself, set your mind to, whatever you want to do. You can do it if you're prepared to stick at it long enough. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Honest Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you are subscribed. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating and review. To catch up with all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at may.james underscore, where I share the raw, uncut, behind-the-scenes reality of what running multiple businesses every day truly looks like. As always, links and any resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes below. That's all for this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next time.